Welcome to Orion Valley. Hello, film warriors. I'm Josh Wall, and frankly, I love movies. Welcome to my podcast where I dissect films with fellow film enthusiasts and discuss why we love the medium as much as we do. Today, it's a very special episode because we are talking about, with my friend Seth Magliola, all about my very first viewing of the Studio Ghibli classic, Welcome, Seth. Why, hello. <laughs> How you doing? Not too bad. Not too bad. I'm very excited to talk about this film. I am excited to hear your thoughts because this was your first time this watching f- it. Yeah, this is the first time. I feel like each Ghibli movie for me now at this point in my life is a new experience in a way because I've, I've seen, like I said before, like I think five of them at this point, but even then <sighs> some of them I had seen like years ago and I'm excited to revisit. So we're talking Princess Mononoke, yes. one that's been on my list for a while. Oh, so good. Yeah. So tell me what your relationship to this movie is. Why did you pick it? So this was actually a tough one for me because I I love both Miyazaki movies, but I also love uh, classic movies. So it was a big toss up between what I wanted to do, but I definitely ended up going with the Miyazaki classics because they've just held such an important part of my childhood. Mm-hmm. Um, whenever I would be really sick, actually, it was a classic for me to choose either Castle in the Sky or Princess Mononoke growing up to just watch that and a couple others, but those mm. were the big ones that always stuck out. And I don't know, something about it and growing up in just like an area in the woods where I was very like secluded from a lot of other people or I'd have to drive very far to like hang out with friends or people like that. I always like to find ways to escape and like just enjoy like a fantasy world a little bit. Mm -hmm. And Miyazaki's movies were very down to earth and felt very real, but at the same time had those crazy aspects of like, what's going to happen next? Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Wild monsters that are huge. (laughs) What? Yeah. As I was watching this, I definitely got the feeling like a lot of, uh, influence from this movie to like Breath of the Wild. Mm-hmm. I've been playing that a lot this year, and you could see like in the landscapes and just yeah. the fantastical elements, the monsters, the each section of this world that they go to has its own personality and the own creatures. And we'll obviously get into the design and animation a little bit. I think people have a very specific relationship to Ghibli because of their. Um, emphasis on like childhood wonder yeah. this movie is obviously a little bit of a darker turn for them because True. of the uh, emphasis of war and you know themes of of nature and all that although that yeah. is prevalent in a lot of their other movies but mm-hmm. this is the kind of one of the only ones that doesn't focus on younger characters like spirited yeah, away it's... kiki's howls they're all howls to an extent but yeah they're all younger and castle in the sky they're like mm-hmm. children so i think that is what separates this one too but what do you, what is the what is your relationship to the company, to Ghibli? And we'll talk about Hayao Miyazaki in a second. But I think people are so attached to it because of the fantasy, the child of yeah, wonder, and the entertainment value. Yeah, it's, it's definitely the entertainment value. And like I said, it, it holds a huge nostalgia factor for me. But also, I'm just a huge anime geek and, mm-hmm. and in that kind of respect. Big so. old weeb. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I mean, I remember staying up late at night to watch Toonami mm-hmm. when that was on, like growing up like Inuyasha and Yu Yu Hakusho, which was like the show that got me into to animation right, uh-huh. and like it just kind of progressed from there because those worlds were a little more violent or they were a little too fantasy based for me at times and once I stumbled across Spirited Away and all that it was just like 
just launched me right into it. Mm-hmm. I, I couldn't stop from there. They're just so incredible. And the stories they tell through it all is just mind-bogglingly fun because they're so basic the stories always start like oh something happens they're gonna go do this now but then the adventure that accumulates after they've left to do the one thing is always like where are they gonna go next yeah (laughs) (laughs) yeah it is kind of the uh, uh, each of those story like i so i've seen spirit away kiki's Mm -hmm. mononoke wind rises and um, and Howl's Moving Castle. So all of those are kind of this extrapolation of a very specific personal mm-hmm. journey that the, that the main character will take. Wind Rises is a little bit different. That feels more of a character study of an artist yeah. than the rest of those at this kind of coming of age mm-hmm. quality to them, especially Spirit Away. Obviously, Spirit Away lauded as one of the greatest movies ever made. Oh, yeah. Um, and you can totally see why. Rightfully so. Yeah, absolutely. And But this one's a little bit different. This one is kind of a... You get the hero's journey and aspects, but mm-hmm. it's also more just a story of war. It's yeah. not about one specific journey. There's a cu- I like that there's a couple different key players going on. Um, and, you know, I, I feel like it's some, sometimes people may think that, uh, I don't know if there's necessarily any doubt I didn't see in the history of that whether this was going to work or not because it was different from mm-hmm. their other releases. But, you know, it, it seems that some people may think at first that, Oh, this is pretty. This seemed pretty different for Ghibli because it's not focused on on your childhood or it's yep. uh, of a younger age. This movie is pretty graphic and pretty intense. Oh, yeah. um, do you like that it's is kind of separated from their the rest of their catalog? Because I feel like this movie kind of stands on its own in a way. No, I, I definitely do. Um, the coming of age stories are always nice, and they they make you feel very warm hearted. Like Kiki's Delivery Service, one of the greatest kids movies ever made. Yeah, in that's my, my opinion. favorite. It's yeah. it's so light hearted and just like you feel for the characters so much. And in Princess Mononoke, like. I don't feel for the main characters as much as I do in other uh, Ghibli films, but like the side characters or like the characters who people may consider villains or they have so much depth and flavor to them Uh that it's like, okay, like the characters are good people. They have their little side stories, their little backstories, but like the depth of the side characters are like, whoa. And it draws you in and it, it's Mm -hmm. so different from anything else that it's like, oh, it's different, but totally stands perfectly alongside any other Ghibli film that they produce and that he's made. Hold that thought about the characters. I have a lot to say about that. Oh, um, yes. So the film was directed, written and directed by uh, Hayao Miyazaki, considered mm-hmm. one of the greatest animation directors of all time, one of the most, at least influential for sure, and a fan favorite among um, film young film lovers of our generation, I think. Oh, yeah. Um, he's created like just some of the most memorable... Um, not even just in gen- uh, Japanese animation, <clears throat> just in like any general uh, animation. Let me go through his filmography here really quick. He so Castle Cagliostro, Nausicaa, mm-hmm. The Valley of the Wind, Castle in the Sky, My Neighbor Totoro, Kiki's Delivery Service, Porco Rosso, Princess Mononoke, Spirited Away, Howl's Moving Castle, Ponyo, The Wind Rises, and then he's currently working on his supposed final feature after coming out yeah. of retirement for you know after eight years or however long it was uh, it's called how do you live and you know regarding that because we disregarding that because we obviously haven't seen it and it's not finished yeah. yet that is a crazy catalog of movies to have oh, on oh, yeah. your belt that is how many one two three four five six seven eight nine ten that's 11 movies and it, you know some people are probably a little iffy on ponyo but the rest of those i've like 
unanimously I've heard like tons of praise for um, mm-hmm. and the ones that I've seen I have you know just adored and it, there's not a lot of other directors that have a catalog like this and you yeah. see he and he is an auteur because you see in all these very similar themes and specific character designs and you know there's the world building mm-hmm. there's the specific um, character looks and but there's also yep. like he also has like certain designs that he likes like I noticed characters in Mononoke that look like characters yeah, similar from to like Spirited characters. Away like, it's like wait like, a minute I know that face it's like an acting troupe you know yeah like, <laughs> it's, it's so good and it, it's incredible just like mm-hmm. all the movies have won I believe most of them have won certain awards like they may not have been nominated for Academy Awards or Oscars or anything like that but they've definitely won a lot of them have won multiple awards through different film festivals Mm -hmm. Uh, I did a little digging after watching Mononoke yesterday because I was like I don't think it's won any awards but out of curiosity what is it like anything like that and it actually ended up winning a few a bunch of different awards in Japan Mm -hmm. and a couple of different awards here in the US and places like that but it ended up walking away with like 13 winning yeah well it was the highest grossing movie in Japan for a while yeah and uh and yeah Spirit Away won the award the Oscar for best animated mm-hmm. feature he was nominated rightfully for, so yeah he was nominated for Wind Rises and I, I believe Howl's Moving Castle if I'm not mistaken but he's been nominated a couple so. times uh and you know it, it's obviously not all about the the Oscars and the awards but he yeah. has gained a lot of you know recognition all of those movies also were very financially successful um you know he has oh, yeah. he he has made a name for himself and he like I said, at 80 years old, still making movies and is an auteur. And I, I'm, I'm very, very excited um, to see to see what he does next. Um, I'm just always excited, interested yeah, in an artist's I, you know, he, back catalog. Exactly. I was a little concerned when he uh, when he finished The Wind Rises because I, I didn't see it in theaters. I really wanted to, but mm-hmm. I didn't get the opportunity to. And then I got it on DVD just like on a whim. I saw it and I was like, all right, 20 bucks for a movie. Let's see. It's not going to be bad. Mm-hmm. And I loved it. It, yeah. was, it was such a great story mm-hmm. to listen to. And it's I think it's loosely based off of like real a real story yeah um so it's it was so interesting to kind of learn like maybe some of it is kind of true probably not Mm -hmm. all of it but it was so interesting and i'm a little concerned when he was like i'm coming back out of retirement to do another (laughs) film and i was like oh please don't turn to one of those people who's gonna like go back into retirement come out go back yeah keep coming yeah so i don't think he will i think event i think after this one he will call it quits because i mean Mm -hmm. like you said the the film repertoire that he has under his belt like he does not need to do anything else yeah. like he is he's set for amazing life, yeah. the wind rises is interesting though because like i do think i do think that movie is great mm-hmm. but that one does is kind of the one that is a bit of a challenge for the audience because it's you know you're going off of the name you know miyazaki yeah. but it is slower and it is very much just meditative on look at what this artist is doing and he has yeah. stories of artists and his other ones you know Howells is kind of reminiscent of that Kiki's mm-hmm. also has um, some elements of that in, in there but that one is you know very much about this character who sees everything in the world of oh, the yeah. art um, and you know I think that that's cool that that one also kind of stands out because that one is mainly about real people there's not yeah. a lot of you know the crazy um, you know anthropomorphic animals yeah. in, in that <laughs> one like there is a this one castles. yeah yeah the move like it's very based in real life being um animated and you know ghibli has kind of done the same thing where they've come gone in and out of like 
the last this will be our last one or yeah. like, it was, like the tale of princess kaguya was going to be their mm-hmm. last one but then they made one marnie was there yep. and then they merged with another company and they had mary and the witch's flower something oh, there was a, right. then there was I, another one and whatever the fuck that 3d guitar hero <laughs> movie was that came out last year i don't know what that was that was pretty good i i heard that one was pretty good but i didn't actually get around to seeing it because i i saw some of the animation and it was a little it's it creepy back a little it's, bit it yeah. looks it looks creepy it looks like one of those like like food fight like one of those yeah. like <laughs> kind of uh, like Walmart bin animated movies that you find and it's it's very yeah. weird they they stick to hand drawn animation which let's talk about the animation in this movie oh. really quick just as a general like hand drawn animation and I, again I I love animated movies well are you a big fan of just general animated movies or you oh, just yeah. stick to anime yeah 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 I I love animated movies I love anime um probably if if not for Ghibli films being on the top of my list I mean there's so many others like Your Name is a classic Mm -hmm. Um, A Silent Voice also a really good one The Boy and the Beast like they're all incredible and the stories they tell are just they hit home Mm -hmm. like they're so real at the same time but you just break down (laughs) it's like it's very different from like Miyazaki movies where like some of these you can be like oh this is so cute and like you get a little weepy eyed because you're like this is adorable Mm -hmm. but like those other ones like they just punch you in the gut with reality and like the tales of these people it's like oh god yeah there seems to be like this wide spectrum or like this Mm -hmm. very broad spectrum where it's like yeah at one end it's like the it's like you know Ponyo is very like Kitty and sappy. It's Ponyo. And it's Ponyo. <laughs> and then there's Grave of the Fireflies, you know? <laughs> oh, God, yeah. What a... I, I haven't watched that movie in years because I watched it once and I was just like, I don't know if I could ever do this again. I am I haven't seen it and I'm like very curious, but I'm also like worried. I'm oh, like, oh, God. Um, it, you have to be in the right mood for that one because it, it breaks you down mm-hmm. hard. Oh, I'm sure. I, I'm, I'm sure. And But again, I'm, I'm excited to see it. <laughs> now I'm excited to hear your review on that Yeah. Um, but all of these, it's like a, a cool thing about all of these movies too not only just his catalog but all of Ghibli's catalog they're all mm-hmm. it's all hand drawn yeah um and that does separate it from other and I'm, I don't want to disparage you know computer animation because I'm we've said before mm-hmm. I'm a huge Pixar fan ah, um I was like great. diehard Pixar fan but like you know there's something different there's a lot more care put in to hand drawn and there's also you know, in these frames that you see in this movie, it, it's cool to see how they make it action, really kind of yeah. like making, building it from the ground up, and also how they integrate movement by just having a still frame and having things mm. running. Like during, like there's like a shot, I think when the boar is coming into the city, like in like the somewhere in the second act. Yeah, it's not the shot's not moving, but the characters are running this way and the boars are coming in the other way. Yeah, and you're thinking like that's so cool because it's again like today in any other movie it would have been like everything was moving Mm -hmm. but this was just like focus on this look at what's moving and it's still just as intense yeah and obviously you know the way that characters move and interact with each other it makes it feel again like there was so much care put in the attention to detail Mm -hmm. and the way that you move from scene to scene is is obviously different from computer animation true i i love the hand-drawn aspect of it there's just something about looking at like animated films that are just completely computer generated and animated are gorgeous and Mm -hmm. they have like a beauty to them that's undeniably like you can't not look at it and just cry if you're an artist (laughs) being like this is gorgeous yeah (laughs) like there's also just something about like watching one of the Miyazaki and the Ghibli films that it's just like you look at the background you could just see the brush strokes going through it and you're just like wow this is absolutely gorgeous Mm -hmm. like the care like you said they put into it and the love you can feel coming from just the scenes yeah it's like wow 
this is this is intense. I think that's also one of the things that makes these movies timeless is because, and I'm not usually one to uh, to gawk over things like this, but the uh, the Blu-ray that I was watching from G Kids last night, the mm-hmm. transfer was just gorgeous. Ah. It looked fantastic, and yeah. you know, I think that you know a lot of these movies started to get a second light when they were when they were re-released on Blu-ray, but they also you know Disney has the rights to them now, yep. and they do. Um, all of the the dubbing with famous actors mm-hmm. now, and the you know the, the people that they get are pretty you know big names. Uh, this one has a, a very interesting cast. We'll we'll get into the specific performances <laughs> later, but this so this has Gillian Anderson, Billy Crudup, Clara Danes, Billy Bob Thornton, um, Minnie Driver, Jada Pinkett Smith. There's a lot. Yeah. Tara Strong is also in there, famous voice actress. Same with John DiMaggio. There's there's a lot of people in this movie and they get oh, yeah. they get very famous people to do these and most of the time I mean I haven't seen one that didn't work like I love Kirsten Dunst as oh, Kiki like I think she's so, so good um, and I think but again I think that that like this this cast is very representative of a early 2000s cast. I mean yes the movie oh, yeah. came out in 97 but like the trans but like this this is a group of people that were very famous in the late 90s early 2000s at kind of their peak and most mm-hmm. of them are still famous Billy Bob Thornton Billy Crudup oh, yeah. are still doing things and Claire Danes but it, it was fun to hear these voices again mm-hmm. I think that's one thing that makes these movies so easy to transfer to yeah. um, not only in terms of digital media but also generally generationally and because the performances are great it's easy to follow the story too the dubbing is like because I'm there's obviously a uh, infamy in anime of good b- dub versus bad dub oh yeah <laughs> oh man yeah as as I am a huge anime fan I used to love the dubs but then I completely switched because there's just so many out there that are just so bad yeah and the subs just they fit you know it's Mm-hmm. The original voices, you just have to read the subtitles and they work. But like for Miyazaki films, I grew up with them dubbed and they're just so impeccably good. Mm-hmm. The dubbing for them and the voice actors are just you hear them and you're like, yeah, this works. Like they have they sound right. The voices fit their character build and everything. It's like, all right. Yeah. Yeah. You believe it. Like, you know, like Christian Bale is how yeah. I think is great. It's incredible. Know? Or like, you know, a lot of the side characters, Phil Hartman yep. as Gigi or um, Billy Crystal as Calcifer. And yeah. how is, is <laughs> Billy there? Crystal as Calcifer. Is, that's a story in and of itself. Yeah. Before we continue, before we get into the critical breakdown, I got to ask of the, uh, have you seen all Ghibli movies? I I think there's maybe one or two that I have not seen, but for the most part, yes. And okay. I've, I've seen them all multiple times. All right, give me, can you give me your top five? Oh, God. Okay, so... Uh, wow, this is a tough one, Josh. <laughs> um, probably going to go with Castle in the Sky, Kiki's Delivery Service is up there, Princess Mononoke, uh, Howl's Moving Castle, and to round it off... I'm gonna go with Nausicaa, the Valley of the Winds. Like nice. those are just early like, one. Yeah, <laughs> like those are just top ones. And Nausicaa hits home for me just because I I grew up in the woods and it's so nature based and just the mm-hmm. idea of it like woods and nature. Yeah, I'm like ha, huh, this is lovely. <laughs> I I think for me again, I've only seen I think I've only seen five uh, five or six, but I think my top three. Kiki's definitely number one. Mm. Howls and Spirit Away because there's just something about Spirit, not to be basic, but there's something about Spirit Away that's just one of those like each time I watch it, the more and more I'm like, yeah, this is one of the greatest movies ever made. I think this yeah. is just absolutely incredible. And again, a great journey. But Kiki's is one that just 
it warms your heart. Howl's is special just because it was like my my best friend who, you know, Matt Simmons, who's been on the show before, has was incessant about like, if we're watching this, if you're watching this, we have to watch it together. And when I finally, and so I waited <laughs> years to finally, we got like their time synced up. And mm-hmm. when we did watch it, I was like, yeah, okay, it was well worth the wait. It was a oh, great yeah. experience. So I, I do love all of it. But if you want to know my thoughts about Princess Mononoke, let's get into the critical breakdown. <laughs> Um, so there's a lot to like in this movie. I will say right up front, I do think this movie is pretty great. Uh, it is, um, there's, there's a lot going on in it. I do kind of want to touch on something that you mentioned earlier, just because it's fresh in my mind. It is Mm. about the characters. There's a lot of characters to keep track of in this movie. Mm -hmm. Um, and to the film's, um, credit is that it, it, it kind of is supposed to, because you get like these three or four different sides of this war that's going yeah. on between um, man and nature. Um, and so you get um, Ish- Ishitaka? What's the main Ashitaka? character? Ashitaka. Ashitaka. And then there's um, the uh, General Moru, who is yep. um, like, and in, in her and the whole town of Ironside. Uh it? Iron Town, Iron Town, yeah. yeah. All, all of them. There's obviously Princess Mononoke and the wolves, yep. and then there's even you know um, uh, Ashitaka's town from back in the from oh, in the, the beginning, Amish, the yeah. Amishi people's town. Mm-hmm. And then there's um, Billy Bob Thornton's character, General. <laughs> uh, what's his name? Oh, Jigo. Jigo. Yeah, yeah, we'll talk about him a little bit later. So there's a lot of people him. to there's a lot of people to keep track of. You're obviously following Ashitaka throughout. Yeah, you know, he's the obviously the main character, but it's it's kind of interesting that like. You're right that there is a lot more depth mm-hmm. in the side characters. Like, and we'll we'll talk uh, when we get to character arcs. I think will be an interesting conversation. Like, oh yeah, There's I was so much. so much more invested in the side characters, and I liked Ashitaka. Like, I was mm-hmm. like, I'm I'm with this dude, yeah. with him. But he he's he's not a typical hero in that he doesn't no. go through this big change. Like, he's pretty nope. much the same character, but because he's so likable, mm-hmm. like, and it's the same he's, with, um. Princess Mononoke or yeah, San, 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 as she was as she's referred to, um, you know, both of them, they really just find each other and find themselves in this situation that they kind of have to help each other. Yeah. They don't go through this big crazy change, which is interesting because usually that could be a downfall. But because everything else around them, they're already such likable characters, but yeah. everyone else around them is so colorful. Mm-hmm. It makes for a very uh, a rich watch. Yeah, sure. it, it really does. Like. I like you said. I love the main characters. I love San. I love Ashitaka. But they're I don't know. After when I first time I watched it, I thought they were incredible, and I was mm-hmm. like, these are the greatest characters ever. But as I've watched it more and more, I've come to find that they are very like static characters. Yeah, they don't uh-huh. develop much, if at all. Like Ashitaka's always been a good guy. Yeah. He's very honorable. He was raised to be that way. I mean, he was a prince. Like he had to be kind of honorable and yeah. hold up to his people's legacy after, you know, they were destroyed 500 years ago and their village was run into the ground. Um, so he had to kind of step up and that's always been like a part of his character, yeah. which is why we all love him so much. And San being like raised by a, a god, basically yeah. a wolf god of the forest who protected like the main god of the world mm-hmm. or at least their 
section of the world. So it's she's so likable and lovable, but at the same time, she's like, I hate humans. And it's like, yeah. oh, I feel you, but at the same time, like, yeah. <laughs> this guy's pretty cool. Like, yeah, you no. can kind of like him. Yeah. Well, Ashitaka also, he, like his whole mission, because he's already a fighter, he's already yeah. a defender, because we see in that amazing opening oh. action sequence. First 10 um, minutes. Yeah, unbelievable, like a cold open to a movie. I mean, not yeah. really a cold open, because it's part of the whole story, but it's awesome. <laughs> um, and so we already know that. Mm-hmm. And then his quest because he has the the rash on his arm that's kind of oh, like yeah, grayscale like the curse, from, the curse mark yeah, yeah from <laughs> game of thrones um and you know his quest is to, is almost just to be like hey go check this war out it goes yeah. to, like he's it, he's almost just going as a spectator like it's, he's not supposed to really be like a fighter but he's already a fighter so he kind of just is like all right this is what i gotta do um yeah I, and so again it's not but it's still interesting to see him go through and meet different people and the care and like mm-hmm. and you know each character again with the voice actors uh, they're all either really funny or like again I Billy Bob Thornton as <laughs> he goes very very funny but he also he's cool because you kind of get like right off the bat you're like okay this guy's kind of slimy yeah and then when he does turn he's like oh this kind of becomes the enemy like oh this is very crazy because yeah but that is cool like how this movie kind of sets up the protagonist antagonist kind of mm-hmm. um dynamic because like at first you know it comes in waves like first you're like oh okay the people of iron town and the general like i yeah. i get what they're doing like okay this is kind of interesting but then there's like a switch when the final battle comes and you're like oh shit they're kind of the enemy of the movie now this is kind of crazy like yeah, exactly. it's it's a very cool they they cool they do a very cool switching of back and forth to where it's not distracting it doesn't feel genuine you know what i mean yeah exactly it's it's just a great fun little thing like he's just going around like his it's so weird because i after watching so many uh, ghibli movies and miyazaki movies like they all start with like just a basic premise like okay first 10 minutes of that movie mind-bogglingly good yeah. like you open up and you're like oh this is kind of suspenseful like it just gives you the whole thing of suspense and yeah. then the boar comes out of the forest and that whole fight sequence where he's just trying to defend his town and it's like oh man this is so cool yeah. you know what i was thinking the entire time i was watching that that um that bull i want to eat pork no <laughs> <laughs> no i was like dang nematodes <laughs> it's like the nematodes from fucking spongebob <laughs> was like hello <laughs> coming out of him just doing yeah um uh, but yeah they uh that whole that whole scene is so good because you instantly get a sense of oh okay something's wrong Mm -hmm. and how they move how he moves around the boar and as like just gets it with one arrow seems a bit weak but still um (laughs) like he did get shot he did get shot yeah that's fair (laughs) um but you know the whole he knocks the tower down yep. and finally you get that sense of evil when the board just kind of like rots away and it's like yeah. oh, you will know my pain it's yeah. like oh shit something's yeah. gonna happen oh, oh, man. <laughs> and it's it's just so fun because like there's always like that one adventure it just starts mm-hmm. with the one thing like oh I'm cursed I now need to go to the west to now see what's going on there mm-hmm. to try and get rid of my curse and as he goes along it's he runs into the small battle right before he meets Jigo and he gets that issue with the gold like showing that his people are pretty par- prosperous like they yeah. have gold nuggets <laughs> yeah like just chilling in the woods with gold you exactly, know exactly yeah and well, it's because again it, it continuously widens the world and that you get to yeah. see each like each key player in this war right yeah. so you get like that town and <laughs> Excuse me. And then when he meets the fighters later, yep. after they've been like 
blown up by the um, the the. Uh, oh yeah, the wolves threw him off the cliffs and stuff. And yeah, always give me a fight scene. I love it when it happens at night or when it's in the rain. Yeah, and then that one's both. You know? <laughs> <laughs> Going into the darkness, it's raining. Yeah, everyone's it's freaking like, out. It's like Helm's Deep. You know, it's, yeah. it gives it that whole. It makes it feel a little bit more gritty. Exactly. Um, I think that's also another thing why I kept thinking of Zelda throughout this is because the you know that you you get to move from you know section to section and mm-hmm. again you know ashitaka does kind of have this link like um figure to him yeah. like he, he looks like him but he also he doesn't he doesn't change and i was fine with that because he is so likable and he is so brave and he has morals and he has ideals um and you know the stakes keep yeah, keep getting keep raised, but they also, you know, kind of mesh emotion together well. Yep. Where it's like it's it's funny at some points. It's ah. also very heartfelt. Like I love my, the funny, the biggest laugh to me. I don't even know if it's supposed to be intentional, but I laughed so hard when he. So, uh, Ashitaka sees Mononoke for the first time. Then the day after the mm-hmm. uh, that the wolves attack the the general and their troop, and he stands up and he goes, "I can't remember exactly what he says." <laughs> I know exactly where he's going. He's like, he's like, "Are are are you the?" Spirit of the forest that I was sent here to find, and she's just like, "Shut up, nerd!" Like, <laughs> go away. It's like, oh god, I yeah. There's just so many light comedy moments. Like when you first meet Jigo, like in the town, he's just like eating the rice, and he's like, "I can't tell if this tastes like rice or donkey piss." Yeah. It's like, what? Yeah, that sounds like a Billy Bob improv, you know? Right? Or like the guy, whoever the one dopey general or the one oh, like Kuroku? dopey Kuroku. Yeah. He's like, oh, it's fixed. Oh nope, it's still broken. <laughs> nope, it's still broken. <laughs> <laughs> There's so much comedy in this movie too mm-hmm. for being such a dark film and like being so very serious and like near the end where like the beginning is like a little more serious and then it goes into those light comedy moments mm-hmm. and then you kind of learn the characters and learn a little bit about them and then it gets like super deep yeah and it closes with one of my favorite statements from Kuroku when like everything happens they're in the water just chilling there everything starts to get a little green and mm-hmm. he's just like huh I didn't know the forest spirit made the flowers bloom yeah. <laughs> I was like are you kidding what, me what dude do you think it <laughs> like what what was the point of him then yeah. <laughs> he made the trees grow he was evil. Yeah, no, he was just hanging around, you know. Yeah. <laughs> he was a squatter in the forest, right? Um, Chilling, <laughs> fucking idiot. Um, uh. Although he has a great dynamic with his wife, who's oh, played Toki? by yeah, Toki's yeah. played by Jada Pinkett Smith. Um, she is, is powerhouse so character. fucking funny. She is great because she. And again, it, I think what's cool is that most of these movies um, kind of you know bend the gender stereotypes of yeah. characters at the time, uh, and so she you know just comes in is just like making him feel like so embarrassed but you like feel for her because she's like really fucking funny and oh, she's, she's, yeah, she's like oh who's gonna walk the ox now like, <laughs> she should have just so died fun. I could have got myself a real husband it's like oh man she's letting him have yeah, it yeah fucking idiot um no, she, yeah, she's fantastic I love Minnie Driver um as the general she is oh, yeah, fucking she's, awesome like she's intimidating it, but it matches again so well with the like the design of the character like mm-hmm. her very her voice is she's in very low tones throughout yeah. most of the movie and with the British accent it makes her feel more imposing and you know she is when she's telling um Ashitaka about like what they're doing about you know how they're at war with Mononoke because mm-hmm. they killed the wolves killed the 
you know, the men of the town and they're, you know, trying to advance further. But it's like, okay, you already get the sense like, okay, I get why you're mad, but I also don't really like yeah. what you're doing because you're like just destroying a yeah. force. And but she, her like whole reasoning for it is just like, it's just what we do. You know, it's, mm-hmm. it's, it's, again, you get a great sides of the war and they also don't. They don't scrimp on the action. The action, no, there's a lot of great action in this movie. Like, even after that, the whole fight of like on the rooftops with my Oh, yeah. She's just so like good. fucking jumping around and they're using the guns. And yep. it's like, oh my God. It's like, it's so colorful, but it's also, it's dangerous because like mm-hmm. full on limbs get lost in this oh, movie. Oh, yeah. I was not expecting. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Like, Ashitaka so is the first arrow that he shoots at a human. <laughs> Both the person's <laughs> arms come clean off and stick to a tree. Oh, yeah. She's like, how much force did he have to launch that? He's got good aim. Oh, yeah. <laughs> takes some takes some arms. Well, it's like a constant thing. He takes arms and he takes heads. I think that's the only two things. It's just arms and heads. It's nothing else. No one loses a leg. No one is oh. like, uh, I don't know. I guess they do have standards, but it's also like, hey, we'll still be yeah. violent. You know? <laughs> like, we don't want people's like torsos to get blown off, but like lose a couple arms. We're good. Yeah. Oh, I do love. So continuing on that scene when they're fighting mm-hmm. um, in the in the town, like I love when Ashita is like, just like, no, and he like runs up and tries. Oh. Tries to you know, save Mononoke, but then she starts fighting him, and yep. the hand-to-hand combat is just as good as like the war stuff. Yeah, and you know when she fights the general, you get to see like every single movement, every single like swish and contact with the sword and her little knife. And then when they get like really close, Ashitaka's like right in the middle. It like feels oh, like yeah. so gritty and intense. Like yeah, someone might die. Something's I mean, Ashitaka just kind of like punches both of them in the stomach, and then they're right. just down for the count. But like you know, like, still, <laughs> I mean, yeah, like it's. And what an intense scenes and like mm-hmm. so much there's so much tension through the whole movie like it's all broken up with little pieces where mm-hmm. it's like okay big fight sequence in the town everything happens he ends up getting shot at he's, he's trying to leave by the very people that he's yeah. like hanging out with and grew to like be kind of friendly with they still don't know him but they were like okay he saved some people like then they end up like shooting him and he's like walking out the front door yeah but like that whole time you're just like what's gonna happen is he gonna be okay yeah. is our the one guy in the background is like the door he opened the door <laughs> <laughs> what's happening uh, the door's open oh, that was great but that's again a really great moment of knowing like yeah. fuck this dude is gonna be the guy you know yeah. he, like, and he's just intense. like he's picking up you know he's hold, he's carrying Mononoke and like he just is the one who one push, hands pushes that the huge door, door. And, and everyone's just like fuck but he has that power in his arm and he bends yeah. the sword like uh, all that way right when he's just walking up and everyone's like you're not gonna do anything and he's just like excuse me yeah <laughs> bends the sword out of the way and the gen the general's just like oh my god yeah. <laughs> what's but gonna happen now what's cool though is they also set up that Ashitaga is not a god like he's yeah. I mean, yes there are gods in this but he's not unstoppable because no. he not only does he get this rash but it like hurts him throughout yeah. the movie like when they're in it's the like, forest and he sees the spirit, which is a great first shot of oh, the, yeah. of the spirit of the forest, it's beautiful. But he feels this intense pain, and you get this feeling. It's like it, it like it almost hurts you. Yeah, to watch. you're and just then like he Ooh. gets stabbed and is like fine, and then just collapses later on. You're like, fuck, this yeah. guy's taking it. Yeah, he's a he's a champion, and he's a champ for sure. God, what a, what a bro. <laughs> <laughs> what what a bro just yeah. coming out. She's taking a couple for the team, you oh, know, yeah. for sure. <laughs> but but definitely like going going back a little bit on uh, just something that I've always found very incredible, and it's such a great theme through all of the the Miyazaki movies and a lot a couple of Studio Ghibli films as well. Is that 
the female characters are just so prominent yeah. and so strong. I mean, like they all revolve around such powerful characters. Um, I mean, the the general, uh, what was her name? I forget. I think Moro. Yeah, Mor- Moro was the guy. I believe her name was. I wrote it down. I took notes because Eboshi, Lady Eboshi. That's right. That was it. And she is just like she's so imposing. Mm-hmm. And it, at that time period, if you think it was kind of like more of a feudal era of, of that area, it's definitely women were not supposed to be there. But like, she's this crazy imposing character who's just like, I run this town, and you do not mess with me and that is the law and at the same time it's like she buys all these brothel girls contracts so that they Mm -hmm. can work for her and it's that weird conflict of like she has this good heart you can kind of see it that like she cares about these women and she gives them all power like the fact that Toki can talk to like her number one general and just like berate him and he's just like that's just not true (laughs) I'm not that way he just takes it and he kind of gets it like I can't mess with these girls but also he knows that they would mess him up oh yeah yeah Aboshi was definitely my favorite character I I really loved how again that you you kind of go back and forth on her you're like not 100% sure where you're supposed to fall in terms of Mm -hmm. where her issue lie um but i do i you're right i do love that all of the the there is kind of this like um gender almost class structure of iron town but also it is broken in time to- yeah. at times because it's like you can clearly tell the men are like the soldiers right but, like the and fighters. the women are doing like the they're like standing on that like that oh board. the big bellows yeah, to try bell- to keep yeah. the fires going but they're also very clearly have more like authority yeah. over the men like they will put them in their place oh, and yeah. they you know talk directly with the, like they're talking to to Boshi as if they're like friends you yeah know? like they have the connection but they're also not afraid to be like oh my god Ashitaka is so hot yeah <laughs> One of, one of the greatest scenes when she's just like, I'm sure you're really handsome when he pulls down the mask and she's like, you're not handsome, you're gorgeous. <laughs> it's like, what a like, awesome moment. It's like, oh man. Yeah. <laughs> These are I, pretty good looking guys. Yeah, no, yeah, yeah absolutely, for sure. <laughs> um, and it, it is cool to see, you know, the, how that town works. And you get, the, like I said, you get a great sense of how the entire world works as it moves yeah. from. And even when it, you just break away from, when he leaves and goes with Mononoke and you see like the, the ape, uh, colony. Or oh like yeah, whatever, the, the, the the ape tribe. The or whatever ape tribe. They, yeah, they, they like that. And like they don't play a big factor within the story necessarily, no. but they are there. Mm-hmm. And when they show up, you're like, oh shit! Like this, they're, they're kind of creepy too. They are creepy, like, or even like the little guys in the forest who like I say love like that. The say, they're so spirits. cute, you know. Uh, like, <laughs> I love those guys. I actually have a tattoo of one of them. Oh really? I do. Where is it? I might. Here, I'll show you. Oh, he's so cute. I know, right? He's just chilling. He's like hanging out. Mm-hmm. But I, I love those guys. They're they're just so cute. They're, mm-hmm. they're my favorite little things. Like, they when they pop up and their heads just like rattle back and forth. I'm yeah. like, God, I love them. But again, that's something that like fits with like the nature because. Yeah. The, so like the ape tribe is are there they're, like back in the hills of the right. mountain, like dark and like you'll blend in with the area. Mm. And then those guys are kind of hidden within the forest. But then they come out and they seem like because like the one the one guy is like scared of him. He's like, yeah. oh, no, he's like, no. No, it means that they're yeah, safe and they're like just they're they're just gonna rattle and he's just gonna you know <laughs> they're just walk chill. Right they're just chilling they're so cute like again they, they you get a really great sense of even each creature having its own design and it fits yeah, in with where it, they're coming it all from just works so well even the boars like the mm-hmm. boars being slightly bigger shows that like they're defenders like they were there and they're a very proud race you find yeah. out that like which is true like even for boars like nowadays like wild actual I say nowadays like this movie actually happened <laughs> but like actual boars like in mm-hmm. general like they are a very 
uh, scary animals. Oh, like, yeah. I, w- I would never want to come across like a wild boar ever, like mm-hmm. in the wild, because they would just mess you up. People have just been like mauled in right. real life yeah. by those things, and making them a little bigger. Like if I ran into a person-sized boar, <laughs> I would not mess with that guy. No. I'd be like, "This is over." Like you, can- yeah. I'll just walk away, man. Well, they even introduced the old blind boar. I can't remember what his name was, but oh, he- Makoto. Yeah, or like and that. he is like, even he's like. Fuck. Yeah. <laughs> he's like, so you, fucking imposing. It's yeah. scary. There's and when he's like bloodied and they're pushing him through in the oh. final battle, you're just like, fuck. I can't believe like and again, like they keep introducing characters, but you're able to keep track of where everyone is and yeah. with relation to who they are, like at all times. Yeah, they don't overload you with the characters. They give you just enough at the right times to be like, Okay, like right. I can keep track of all this. Which means that people do have to go away at some point. Like um the Billy Bob Thornton's character. Yeah, Jigo. Jigo kind of disappears like after a while. Like you meet yeah. him in the beginning, and, um, and then he's gone for like basically an hour and a half, and yeah. then the final battle comes, and he he's um, just hopping know, around. Yeah, and then so like I said, but then he becomes to kind of the the bad guy, and you're yeah. like, oh okay, this is this is cool. This is, I wasn't expecting this. It's cool that he came back. Um, I wanted to get into just a little bit of I would say my one issue with the movie, and again, it's a very it's a I'm very general it. thing, and it may be sacrilege to say this, Uh-oh. but. I think it's a little long, just a little bit. Not, and it, I, I will not say that okay. it is. I would not say it's boring. It's yeah. definitely not boring. It is a little long, but I would say that there's a lot of, and and it's also not necessarily to the film's detriment. Mm. There's a lot of setup and build up to the final battle, and the final yeah. battle is amazing and is right. a, an incredible sequence. But there's a lot of. Okay, we have to show each side and what they're doing from the uh, like the night before the battle, and there's a lot of scenes of like we're just hanging out and like just doing this. And I love talky scenes, but it kind of felt repetitive after uh, a little bit. And then also towards the ending, there's the big final battle, and they get the head, and you're like, yeah, yeah. And then I was like, okay, the movie's over, and then it just kept going. And I was like, oh no, it's gonna end here. (laughs) Oh no, there's another scene. So so the movie kind of ends like three times, kind of. And again, I was fully invested in what was going on but at some points the pacing was a, was a little wonky I was feeling I was feeling it a little bit I was like okay I, I, I know there's a lot more there's a lot more story to happen here but I was like I was like come on let's get let's get to it like I'm, I'm like ready um, and so I would I would just say that it was it, it is a little especially coming off of movie like like Kiki's is like in and out you yeah, know Spirit Away Spirit Away I think is two hours something um, like that but that one is very like it's, go it yeah, moves it's, it's the whole it's just her whole adventure the yeah. whole time there's no real paid like talking and doing stuff yeah. it's like her just going so this one this is two hours and 18 minutes so I would say and I, again the thing is is I don't necessarily know what you would cut out just because like yeah. I understand that each scene has its own importance within the story and is needed to get to the end mm-hmm. it just sometimes feels a little repetitive and like especially because they rely a lot and this is I'm not I don't mean this to say that this is a bad writing or anything but in dialogue in a lot of like you know Japanese films or Japanese animated films like this it's a lot of restating the plot of yeah. what's going on it's like you know I've been told that I have to go you know help uh, Imiyashi like we Get back to the town and like yeah. help men. You guys take go get the head. And like it's just a lot of that. It's like okay, we saw that in the last scene, but yeah. fine, let's go. <laughs> Keep it going. Yeah. <laughs> so there's a lot of that. And again, they I have short term uh, memory loss. Yeah. It's no. Okay. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> but I think they do that because the plot itself is. And this is I'm watching uh, 
Evangelion right now, oh, and yeah. that's a show that's a lot of like there's there's um, a lot that happens. There's a lot of plot in yep. there, and so that's a, and sometimes the plot can be like they say it in so many words, it's so technical when it can just be boiled down to oh they got to kill the thing and they got to shoot at it in front of it, you know, yeah. <laughs> like so. And this this kind of falls into that category at some points where it's like it seems like this big technical war story when really it's just like man nature boom yeah like it, it kind of boils down to that Pretty so much, and yeah. i think just because of that they kind of have to rely on re- remembering like oh okay this is actually what's happening yeah, so you don't get like... lost and again because there's so many people to get track of but again i would just say because of that you kind of feel the pacing a little bit and i'm, mm-hmm. I'm not i'm not saying i was bored at all because i wasn't but there were times where i was like all right, I'm ready for the final battle. Can we please just get to the final? Let's get to the final battle. Come on. <laughs> I'm ready. <laughs> no, yeah, I, I definitely agree. I, I feel like, um, I don't know, for me yesterday, I hadn't watched it in a while, so I, I was just like nostalgia factor because mm-hmm. I was like, I got to be fresh if I'm going to talk about it. So yeah. I was just like glued to the screen yeah. the whole time. Maybe if, again, if I, if I watch it again, maybe I'll feel a little bit differently. But for a first viewing, I was like, oh, wow, this is a longer movie than I expected. Yeah, like <laughs> honestly, when I picked it up, I was like, wow, this movie's like over two hours long. Yeah. <laughs> like surprisingly longer than I remember. It's mm-hmm. kind of like um like a Howl's Moving Castle like there are parts of Howl's Moving Castle that just feel a little long mm-hmm. to me and it just drags and not like bad like the whole story is there and it's very engaging and you're like yeah this is happening but I agree like it, it can be a little draggy in sections mm-hmm. but like I also agree that there's there's no place you can really cut it because yeah. I was even thinking I was like oh maybe you can cut one of the scenes where Ashitaka's talking to Maro the wolf god like talking about like San he's just like she should be with me like let me take her like she should be with her own people and she's just like what the what are you talking about yeah. like <laughs> like her parents threw her at my feet like I've raised her as my own instead of eating her like she's one of us like yeah. you can't just step up here and try to take her away right and even that is like kind of important because it, it at the end of the movie when they have that conversation about like she really likes him and she wants to be with him but she's like I can't like I can't trust people and the greed that people have to like go back and be with these people because I'll just end up killing them all and he's like that's fair like I'll go back and I'll do the best that I can to like keep things going and like keep people on the right path like Mm -hmm. he's supposed to be that that kind of like guiding light for humanity, I feel like in a way where like people of Iron Town are like losing their way in industrialized civilization. Their ironworks and weaponry and all these things that end up hurting more and more people and like battles. And he's just kind of like that weird guiding light, almost like a savior figure in a way. He mm-hmm. like shows up and he's just like, all right peace and harmony my bros like he's yeah. the original hippie for them like he just rocks up and it's like let's do this this movie is very hippie this is a very oh, yeah. hippie you know hippie movie because it is very much like when i when at the end when the um like the vine from the spirit of forces wrapping around the oh, gun yeah, and the destroying gun. it i was like it's like putting the dandelion and the musket in yeah. from the 60s you know? it's <laughs> just like very no. i mean and i think most of miyazaki's movies because again like most you can very clearly see his mm-hmm. ideologies within his movies yeah especially in here it's very anti-war anti-weapons yep. so he's obviously a pacifist very much um in love with nature he's had nature in his oh, um, yeah, lo- other other them. movies uh, like nausicaa yeah know, nausicaa's and, huge. Uh, like this one is very much just man against nature, and yeah. nature ends up obviously prevailing at the end. Um, but you know, I also am very—it is exciting to see the war. I'm not gonna lie. Oh no, it's, the it's final very sequence exciting. is fantastic. It's it's really cool to see 
even in moments when Ashitaka seems like he's by himself and then three samurai show up and he's like, oh, shit. And he has to like, <laughs> <laughs> Gotta shoot their heads off now. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and that's exciting. And, you know, he's moving from place to place and he has like great conversations with like the wolves, like even the night yeah. before when he's talking to, um, I can't remember what the one wolf's name, voiced by um, Jillian Anderson. Oh, yeah, that's Mara. Yeah. And she's, you know, she's like, if you come near the princess again, like, yeah. I will kill you. Like yeah. even like, even she's like very much steeped in her morals. Like we can't, like we can't be in harmony. Like it's just not possible. Yeah. And he's like, trust me. Like he's so hell bent on making it right. Um, and you know, it's really cool to see how each person, like each facet of the of the war is like coming together. Like yeah, how they're burning the the one thing so it like covers the scent of yeah. the boars the and then and yeah, the smoke. And then there's um you know goji cutting down the trees, cutting down the trees, or like disguising themselves yeah, as boars with, boars with the blood to make it so they don't get the human scent. There's so many different things that are going on, or even making the new weapons yeah. for you know um, for Iron Town to make yep. it so that like it's longer range and higher yeah. power, which, which they also another big thing about that going back to the women thing is they're making the weapons lighter for all the women yeah, to use. Exactly. that's like a huge thing she's like I want the weapons to be lighter which are made by lepers yeah like that's also another crazy part about Eboshi like she just she takes care of these women she buys the brothel like all the receipts and stuff from the brothels to keep them safe but also employ them to work for her and at the same time she like rescues lepers so mm-hmm. like it's that weird conflict with her again like is she a good person is she not yeah there's it's not Cut and dry. Yeah, in this movie. And, I, and I like. I mean, the the moral the, the moral itself, obviously, of of nature being the winner is obviously pretty cut and dry. But the characters, yeah. again, in war, there's no good or bad. It's there's a lot yeah, of there's there's a, a lot, lot of, of layers and conflict to it. Um, but again, the action of you know uh, fighting the boar and then yeah. uh, the the army of the humans disguises of the boars coming in and making oh, that was, it feel it's so, so much more intense. It's so creepy too, the way they just skitter over the ground. It's like, yeah. <laughs> it's like, you know that that's not like, yeah. you know that's bad news. That is, that's know? bad stuff right there. Mm-hmm. And then like, just them being there causes the one, like it's it's so interesting, especially with like Akoto, the one uh, the one boar who shows up at the end who's blind, mm-hmm. like talking, but when he first meets Ashitaka, he's just like, oh yeah, like I'm only ashamed and disappointed that like such a demon that cursed you would come out of like our tribe and then at the end like you get to see this figure who's very imposing and also very set in his morals and like that would never happen to me like because of the battle and what he wants to do because he thought they would at least all die together when Mm -hmm. his warriors he smells them and sees that they've come back to life he all of a sudden just gets obsessed and becomes a demon himself and it's like wow like that's true like that happens like people think one way and then something crazy will happen and just completely shift their mentality oh yeah and i that's what's cool about this movie it's not necessarily taking these characters on a specific yeah um, journey and trying to teach them a specific lesson it's just kind of like here's a war like let's this is how the this war would play out and what's cool about that when he gets taken over then um you know mononoke gets like sucked in and ashitaka's like oh i gotta say when he's like almost sacrificing himself for that uh for her to like get her out and it's like 
damn, this is like really intense and yeah. like a lot of shit is going on right now. And oh. that's also when finally they get the spirit of the forest. This um, and he starts to turn into the creature of the night and yeah. or the night walker, and she's <laughs> trying to shoot. He takes one in the neck, and I thought he was done. Right, and then he, he looked right at the right at the right at the screen, <laughs> and I was like, shit, <laughs> he's alive. He's, he's so he's so dopey looking too. He is dope. He's like a, a he's an elk with dinosaur feet and a face. Like I don't and know like a what. dog tail, like yeah. a big fluffy dog tail. He's so he's got the creepy like goat eyes too. I mm-hmm. find goat eyes very creepy. They are personally. creepy. Yeah. yeah, I think those slits. I'm just like, <laughs> but no, like he's sure. so dopey looking. Yeah, he's but like, then hey, he man. turns into this like yeah the the Nightwalker, and then they cut the head off, and just how it just descends into madness over yeah. the entire land. You're like, oh. Oh, my God. <laughs> no, this was a mistake. Yeah, this was a very, very, very bad idea. I don't know how they're still carrying the head. Yeah. And they think they're going to get away with it. <laughs> like, <laughs> but at the end, they're just like, we got this. No, we don't. No, 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 no. <laughs> we, we don't have it. Anymore. Yeah. Goji kind of just gives up at that point. He's like, all right. Yeah. I get it. We're, we're kind of surrounded here. This is bad. <laughs> like, hot, hot take on this, though. I, I definitely have been thinking about it a while and I, I came to the realization that I don't like I, I know there's no real like cut and dry bad person in the movie, but I genuinely think that probably the one who could earn the title of like villain for the movie is definitely Jigo. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I definitely think it's him and not Lady Eboshi because yeah. like she does so many things, but at the same time, like he's so conniving and mischievous, and you know, like through the whole time when you learn, he's just like, oh, I've been looking for the head of the forest spirit, and like I made a deal with Eboshi to mm-hmm. be like, hey, you get me the head, I'll supply you with riflemen to keep your Iron Town, and then I'm gonna call back that favor. And when I do, you have to follow it. Yeah, he's kind of the only one working for himself. Everyone yeah. else, like Eboshi, has the town. Um, you know, uh, Ashitaga is war- is. Kind of for everybody. Yeah, kind Mononoke of. Mononoke like has the wolves, but like, Joji's the. Uh, what's his name? Jigo. Jigo. He's the only one, Joji. <laughs> Joji. Jigo is the only one who's like very selfish and like. Yeah. You know, but again, he has. You get that sense early on where you're like, I'm not really sure about this guy. Yeah, and then he, skeevy. when he turns at the end that he's working, with, that he was with Eboshi, you're like, oh shit, like he's gonna fight against the boars. And then he's, you know. Then he again is like only thinking of himself at the end when yeah. like the literal world is ending. Oh, yeah. Um, so yeah, he's definitely he. You could definitely give him the title. And um, Aboshi though, I think she has a really cool ending. Like she oh, yeah. tries to shoot it, gets her arm cut off, <laughs> and then she's like. I knew this would happen. Yeah, she's just like, I told you. She's, wolf she's, she's fine. Oh, yeah, that's right. Good callback. You know? <laughs> <laughs> so that was that was such a good callback. I mm-hmm. didn't just realize that. It was like she says it early on, and then later on, like, the wolf head actually gets cut off, and it's just mm-hmm. like, snap. And she's yeah. like, ah, yeah. it does happen. <laughs> yeah. But it seems like at the end, you know, every it, none of the major characters are killed, and you get mm. this sense, and... Again, no one really goes on this big journey of change. Everyone's just kind True. of there where they are at the end. Like, you know, Mononoke at the end is just like, you know, I can't possibly love you because I, I will never love humans. Yeah. You know, I can't I can't be with you because I don't I, I can't love humans. And then mm. the town is probably just going to go back to, you know, continuing their, you know, their lives in Irontown. And True. You, um, Gio has the great, you know, that best line where it's like, you know, never make a deal with fools. Yeah, you know? <laughs> it's very Can't good. Beat them. Yep, yep, exactly. And I, I like that. I like that this just kind of ends 
there. It is yeah. just about this one overall big conflict. And you don't see like, you know, major Ashi- change. Ashitaka doesn't go back to his town. No. You know, he doesn't try and, you know, live with uh with San or like he doesn't they just it's it's done there. Yeah, he he accepts the fact that like they live in two very different worlds and it's his responsibility to try to be like I definitely consider him the moral high ground for everyone. He's just like the saint figure. He Mm. just shows up and he's like, all right, people, we can do things like cut down trees, but you have to know to plant trees. Like he's like the hippie again. And like him going back to Irontown, I do think that Lady Boshi at the very end has like that small snippet of like realization that like, oh, this was bad. She was (laughs) like, we messed up. Where's Ashitaka? I need to apologize Mm. to him and be like, all right, we need now to live a little more in harmony with the world, which I think is like just a great motto overall i think mm-hmm. people in society especially nowadays also get a little too carried away with like not acknowledging like nature and appreciating yeah. it as much that brings us to analysis that's a great yeah. segue. so let's go to analyze this I think this is interesting that this movie is that, and again, not to its detriment, it very clearly wears its ideology and themes yeah. on its sleeve. Oh, yeah. It's very clearly man versus nature, but it's all like, well, let's stay on that. So it's obviously like, it's very easy to side with nature yeah. in this movie because not only does it like, it obviously it looks beautiful mm-hmm. and it's like, you know, very compelling, but the, you know, the, the animal characters, you're easy to align yourselves with them. Even though, again, like, um, you know, Iboshi doesn't, is like a pretty, you know, gray character. Yeah. You're not really sure if you, you know, like, hate or, or whatever. Um, but it, it is pretty easy to be like, yes, nature. That, yeah, that's you, what you needs to, you, you have to decide with nature. You can't, you know, we have to be able to live in harmony with one another. We have to, you know, protect nature. We have to make sure that we are, you know, trying to make this planet a better place. Yeah. But, and then once the other side, you know, when they, when the two sides meet, it becomes this you know, huge, it, battle. it's not, it's not a, it's not easy to reconcile with. Yeah. Which is, it, it's just like a great metaphor for life that like, there's always two sides to like a story where like, mm-hmm. you can see like the people of Irontown, like obviously she's doing good things like Lady Boshi to like get all these people together and like try to make a living. And she's a woman at this time period. And obviously the other samurais try to come and take the town and they don't treat her or the women like they should be. So they're just like, ah, you're just women. Yeah. <laughs> like, how dare you do this? But she's just like, yeah, right. And she like, messes up these guys so she's obviously defending and has to be tough because of what she's been through obviously because we don't know any of her backstory like where Mm -hmm. she came from or anything so you can assume that she's very tough because she had to be and she just takes no doesn't take no for an answer like she does what she has to do but like nature is also kind of the same way it's like hey we're the guardians of the forest like we live here and we make sure that you guys have like stuff to eat and like Mm -hmm. breathe so like you can't just come stepping into our forest and cause a problem i do think that some of the the boars you know it's that conflict they meet where like the humans dug up all the, the iron under the sand so then they move into the forest and they just start chopping stuff down probably shouldn't have but also like at the same time the boars i feel like i don't know to the extent because they don't cover it like how much they cleared the forest before the boars just decided to fight like did they chop down one tree and the boars were like oh hold up there buddy yeah (laughs) like there was no real compromise on either side like something happened and they were just like nope 
Yeah, I mean, you get, like, very little history about, like, what yeah. happened before Ashitaka comes into the story. I mean, you get the very, again, it's a, the bare ba- minimum. Based on the basics of it is that, like, you know, this, the, the town is trying to move one way, the boars yep, don't like boom. it, and then, boom. Big you know, everything just kind of comes in between, and then, you know, the spirit of the spirit of the forest comes in because they're moving into the forest. Yeah. So it, it's pretty simple in that way, and you, I don't really think you need more no. of the outside story of where the boars come from, or where, how did, you know, Abashi get, or, yeah, Abashi get her start, like, um, with, uh, and how did Irontown get built, or anything like that. I'm not saying, like, that you're suggesting, like, a prequel or anything like that. <laughs> oh, no. Um, Please, no. <laughs> but, like... <laughs> I, I think it's it, it's you know the whole movie is kind of based on you know mise en scène just kind of dropping yeah. you into this conflict because Here it is. that's how it kind of came into Ashitaka's life like out of nowhere people people that he was living with were like oh there's a disturbance well, okay we have yeah. to go check it out and then the boar comes in um, yeah. I also think that you know there's a lot in this movie that is kind of more prevalent during the first half than it is in the second half because the first half is I think a little bit more about like or at least the introduction to the full story of the war is love versus hate yeah and you know and it is very again a very upfront like they tell him like you have to go experience like see how this war and how hatred like mm-hmm. will fill like will tear you up from the inside and and you know, they even say that, like, look at, like, Ashitaga has the thing. He's like, yeah. this is what happens when hate consumes you and becomes your entire life. It, like, seeps to your very core. Um, <clears throat> so, in that sense, it's very heavy-handed, but it's also true. Like, yeah. it's very, you know, you especially nowadays when we're filled with, you know, rage and, you know, uh, strong emotions every single day, yeah. having this, seeing these characters consumed by hate and, yeah. and selfishness and passion to an extent of, you know, uh, destruction is, is very like heavy. It's a very hard hitting because of how prominent it is or um, prevalent it is today. It's like very like, Oh my God, like I, yeah. I totally, you still see this, you know? Yeah. Um, and, Again, just having it be like love versus hate. hate. <laughs> it's uh, yeah. I mean, it's it is very hippie, but it is also again, it's wrapped in this compelling uh, narrative story. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and and I and I like that, and I like that you get this because everything matches with it, right? So like, you get the sense that this rash is killing him, and uh, he. And you know the hate of everyone of other of the others around him, especially the boar in the beginning, is yeah. very like wow. Um, and so, so you feel it. So I think there's room there for it to be heavy-handed. It wasn't yeah. distracting. I thought it was entertaining that oh, some yeah. people would be like, "This is what happens when the hate becomes your entire life." You know, it's like I get it, but still, like I, I did enjoy it. Like yeah. I wasn't, it wasn't, it doesn't bother me. No, yeah, it, it definitely like it's very in your face because they're just like, "Look at it, <laughs> this is it." <laughs> <laughs> big guppies coming off his arm and it's yeah. like hello and they're snapping at people <laughs> I, I also feel like um, the uh, what are my words the landscape when you first see Iron Town you come out of it like I, I don't know but for me definitely when I first see it like it's almost kind of palpable like mm-hmm. kind of like they're talking about hatred the whole time like hate and hate and hate and then you get to Iron Town you just see like this barren landscape with a fortress that has huge wooden spikes coming out the sides yeah. of the mountain to defend mm-hmm. themselves and it's almost like you can feel it, like it's almost palpable the kind of hatred that you can feel like it's there when he shows up. He's just like, oh, 
like this would explain what's going on here in the lands like yeah. this is definitely the source of the conflict all the hatred and then at the very end when like it gets a little greener iron town gets a little destroyed but like also it just feels like a weight is lifted off of you at the end of the movie it's kind of like wow like okay everything's everything's gonna be okay like they they haven't changed too much and the characters will be like kind of set in their ways but i think they've kind of learned a smidgen from this experience mm-hmm. and that they understand that like oh this is gonna be okay we need to work a little harder at doing things right you see characters reach the end of something yeah. right like it's the end of the conflict but it's also and even though the characters themselves or most of them are gray it's not like this side this side this side or mm. it's like good bad or whatever the the lines of the conflict are very clearly drawn yeah. these people don't like these people this mm. race doesn't like, like this like this not this not this not that not that um and that's great like i think that's really interesting storytelling because again it it not only you know um it gives it a steady foundation of uh like of the message mm. of again love hate world uh, or nature versus yeah. um like uh just war you know yeah, yeah industrialism uh but then you get inside it and you're like okay i'm what side am i on like who do yeah. i like what do what um you know who do i get what they're doing like i think most people watching this would be like yes nature but it's cool to see how this other you know yeah, the other where side is thinking yeah and uh, you know i don't want i don't want this to sound like there are fine people on both sides it's not what i'm saying <laughs> like <laughs> i i'm just saying that in this story you know i think they do a good job of presenting it as like this is where these people are in this conflict yeah. examine it delve into the particulars and figure it out and then by the end like you said there really is only like you know um is the only person who kind of has this yes i was wrong this was a bad idea everyone yeah. else just kind of reaches the end and almost goes back to you know yeah like they're just they gonna were. do their thing mm-hmm. maybe maybe with her guidance a little bit but like they're gonna stay along that path and be like all right we're doing our thing living our lives <laughs> continue on guys yeah i also love how like uh, they have little snippets of like showing conflict even within the factions like mm-hmm. when the Ashitaka gets shot and he falls off the back of the wolf and like the wolves are gonna eat him and yada yada and she's like we can't kill him and then the ape tribe shows up they're just like hey give him to us like yeah. we're gonna eat him they mm-hmm. pull like a, a super uh <laughs> they go back to like Disney with like um what what was the, the Jungle Book oh, <laughs> with yeah. the monkeys like I'm gonna be a man man come yeah. like he's, but like they pull like that deal where they're like we'll eat him we'll gain his powers like we'll be like strong yeah. and but it sounds like guys that's not we've yeah, been over this like no, it's guys, not how that works that. <laughs> and like you can see like there is some internal conflict between them but then also the people of Iron Town like there are people who like Ashitaka but then there's also the people who are like no he's an outsider like he may have saved people but he's still trying to ruin our way of life. So mm-hmm. there's a little bit of infighting within the people, but they all kind of like understand like they're within their factions and like they have to do what they have to do. Right. Um, it's it's just very interesting. It feels very real. Like mm-hmm. it, it's super real, which I think pulls everyone in even more and makes the story just that much more attractive to people to watch they're like oh this feels like kind of realistic even though there's talking animals (laughs) the monkeys can talk to people and the wolves are like how dare you disrespect us (laughs) absolutely yeah um okay well i think we we've covered a lot of ground very quickly i I will say um i think it's time to answer the big question Uh how why do you love this movie and how does it add to your love of movies Oh, God. Besides for the nostalgia factor, like, this movie 
like I've said before, it feels very real and it's mm-hmm. a little eye opening. You know, it's it it kind of throws it in your face, that idea that nature versus man. But it also shows you that at the end of it, there is a way for people to live in harmony, like nature and humans can live in harmony. Mm-hmm. But it's it's a very it's a line that has been broken by both, mostly by by man, like crossing the line and being very greedy and showing humans yeah. greed towards want and want and want. But there has to come a point where you need to take a step back. And that movie definitely throws it in your face. And that whole interaction between the two, the two groups, it just pulls you in mm-hmm. and it just absorbs you into the movie. And right. storytelling from Miyazaki is just on another level. Mm-hmm. Just it's so not cut and dry. The characters feel super real and like powerful. The women have incredible influence while the men are just kind of like some of them are really goofy. Mm-hmm. It breaks the norms and it's just gorgeous to watch. Like, yeah. The animation and everything that happens is like, wow. Even the end scene where like the, the guy sheds his skin and just turns to a big blob. It's mm-hmm. like, Oh yeah. <laughs> and, and the score that comes with it. Oh it yeah. Just, the music is it all fantastic. Just pulls you in and mm-hmm. it, it really just creates a world that at times you're almost like I kind of wish I was there like, mm-hmm. not for the war part yeah. but like but it almost is like yeah. this is kind of cool and it just I don't know it's something about it just like that realistic aspect to like create this fantasy world but then also keep it very down to earth at the mm-hmm. same time is just hard to find I feel right. like now especially nowadays like a lot of movies are, are very good at doing different things but old school animation and old school movies just they had they hit in a different way yeah it is an all encapsulating all encapsulating experience yeah um and it is one that doesn't hold the audience's hand you know yeah um very good yeah Yeah. right um (laughs) it it is it it doesn't hold the audience's hand it is very uh trusting of them and yes it is outward about its themes but the story and the plot details you really have to pay attention to yeah. very, like to pick up on them um for me um like i don't I, I wouldn't call this my favorite you know ghibli movie but it was a great first experience and i'm definitely excited to go back and watch it again and also just to continue to watch the catalog of ghibli movies but yeah. i think what's really interesting i love any time especially kind of going back to the beginning when we were talking about miyazaki's catalog mm-hmm. i think what's I love when a director can show versatility yeah. and it has that one thing that when you watch it, you're like, wow, okay, they can do something else. Because like we said, most of the movies before this, a lot of them were geared towards kids yeah, and kind of had this like wonderment feel. And there mm-hmm. is some wonder in this, but again, it is, it's dark and it's a war oh, story yeah. and it's not shown through kids' eyes. I mean, I would say most of the pe- most of the characters, especially uh, Ashitaga and San are younger, yeah. but they're not children. Teens. You know, it's not, it's not spirit away. It's not Kiki's. No, no. It's, they're probably in like their twenties. Yeah. Something like that. Um, but it, and it, it, it doesn't hold back. It is it is gruesome. Mm-hmm. It does have a lot to say about real world real, real world problems. But it, it showed that it was like not only can I do something different, it can also show you what this art form can do and yeah. prove to you. And not that this was the first movie. Obviously, we mentioned Grave of the Fireflies, and there are other <laughs> movies that really take either war or like really hardy um, or heavy themes yeah. and integrate them into Japanese animation. That's not this. Obviously, wasn't the first to do that, but for his career and for what he represents and what he was able to bring to us, I love that this was the one where it was the shift. And all the movies after this were, I mean, he 
does less movies after this than he does yeah. before it. But after this, it's he can he's able to take his time and he's able yeah. to um, really push the envelope. The, after this. After this, Spirited Away. Yeah, like, and that, that movie un- is like changed the game. Oh, yeah. And then Howls and Ponyo and yep. Wind Rises, and all of those are so extremely different from one another. Oh, and it yeah. was, I love when any any filmmaker can do that. It's This is a clear statement that there's going to be a change in what I'm able to do. And after this, if I do this, I can do anything. And this yeah. was a huge success. And obviously, we're talking about it for a reason. And then it's considered one of people's favorites. And so I love. When any artist can do that, can make a statement and say, like, I love my past stuff. I'm still good at that. But there's a lot of other stuff that I can do. And he still integrates stuff that he was good at before. Oh, yeah. So there's obviously the great world building. There's great character mm-hmm. design. There's a lot of new, um, you know, imaginations of animals and of, you know, mythical creatures. And yeah. there's a lot of that mixed in. And obviously the fantastical element just makes it so widespread. But this was the one that was um, the shift. Mm-hmm. And that's so exciting to see, and is and the fact that it is so poignant and so ambitious. Again, because yeah. it's long, because there's a lot of characters, because it's a pretty heavy story, because it's because it is um, it is violent, and it's it's a lot to take in. It's a little overwhelming yeah, sometimes you know, at times, like, but the fact that he's able to pull it off, and it's not it's not pretentious, and it's not. Uh, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Uh, I, I guess it's just not it's not boring or it, it, yeah, like, it works, it hits, and it's so cool to see an artist continue to grow when he was already at like such a huge height. Exactly, and it's it doesn't it doesn't like you said it doesn't hold your hand, and it's very unapologetic for what it does. It's just mm-hmm. like this is what I am, this is what we do, this is it. And like a, a fun thing that I just remembered about Miyazaki is that he hates anime. <laughs> like, interesting. What a fun little tidbit that like mm-hmm. he builds these incredible stories through anime which is not considered like classic anime that he does but he hates anime like all the now anime and stuff like that he's just like this is dumb and like you can see that it's so different from usual animes if you watch it oh yeah for sure yeah it is it is very it's all about story first yeah story and like how it unfolds and it's also again i think just because it's a movie it's very contained yeah i mean he obviously wrote manga for nausicaa before it became a movie but yeah he's definitely not interested in in expansion he's very much it's this is the story you can't do anything else with it yeah um it's like here you go mm -hmm. perfect do you have any other final thoughts before we go or Oh, said what you need to say. <laughs> I I, f- I feel like I've covered it. Like, there's so much to talk about. I mean, I could talk about these movies in depth for hours. Like, I just love them all mm-hmm. so much. But I, I think we've got it, man. Mm-hmm. I, I think we do. We'll probably be doing more of these in the future for sure. There's yeah. so much. Yeah. <laughs> thank you so much, Seth. Of course. Thank you for having me. That does it for this episode of Frankly, I Love Movies. Another huge thank you to Seth for coming on. It was great to share my first viewing experience with this film uh, with him. Uh, if you want more Frankly, I Love Movies content, you can check us out on social media, on Facebook, Frankly, I Love Movies, on uh, Twitter, at Frankly Podcast, and check out our new Instagram page at Frankly, I Love Movies also. This podcast is a part of the Orion Valley Productions Podcast Network, where you can check out other shows, such as Ravnik Avengers, which is our real play D&D podcast, and Tea Time with Titans, the Attack on Titan recap podcast. So we are continuing the Don't Be a Stranger uh, series um, leading up to the release of our brand new short film. In two weeks, come back to check out our episode with one of our actors, Andrew Ajaka. We're going to be talking about Rango. I'm super excited because I love that movie, and it is a movie for actors. It's a movie 
movie for film lovers. So much to talk about. And again, another animated movie. And until then, I'm Josh Wall, and frankly, I love movies. <laughs>